Amen. Happy Easter. Easter. Welcome. Uh, We're glad you're here. Uh, My name is Brandon. I'm the pastor here. And and, uh, I'm thankful you chose to to spend uh, your Easter morning with us and here at at New Hope Church. Um, uh, How many of you are here for, uh, for some egg hunts afterwards? Yes, right? The kids are all in there doing their thing. I see yeah, a bunch of kids in their beautiful Easter dresses. That's great. And um, Easter, Easter is a funny thing because um, uh, I think in Latin it means Easter egg hunts with candy. Did you know that? That's, uh, it's funny. Uh, Easter, like even the name Easter, we talk about Easter, but really what we're celebrating more than the egg hunts and the, and the candy, though that's fun and it's a blast and, and we look forward to it. What we're talking about is resurrection, it's Sunday, the resurrection, we're celebrating, remembering the resurrection of Jesus. And, and I know people who, who don't even like saying happy Easter. And, and what, really what they're saying is not, it's not Easter Sunday, it's resurrection Sunday, right? I was in the hallway just right now and, you know, happy Easter, happy Easter. And then, and then a few people were like, happy resurrection day. I'm like, yeah, like there's a sense in which it's sort of, you know, Easter is, is, is great. But really what we're talking about is resurrection. And, and today we're going to do... Um, we're going to do kind of a sort of an investigation, so to speak, and, and almost like an like a Easter on trial, where we're going to look at, all right, what, what is Easter, and, and how do we know that this, this first resurrection, you know, a couple thousand years ago, how do we know, how can we be sure at all that anything we know about it is accurate, that anything we read can be trusted? And, and what we're going to look at is, um, uh, is really, we're going to move through three kind of levels of knowing or knowledge and and I don't know if you know this there's a whole study there's a whole field of study about knowing did you know that <laughs> it's called epistemology and it's how do we know what we know and you start you start by saying like you know you take a class and you're in this and you're like man we know this stuff and by the by the end you're like man how do we know what we know I don't know I don't know it's like I don't know how we know what we know but there's there's we know this you go through kind of phases or steps to, to knowing and you don't just like, like knowing is so much more than just simply understanding or, or knowing about something. But, but that um, you, you go through three and you gotta go in order actually to like increase your understanding and knowledge. And, and we're gonna do that this morning, I hope. We're gonna move through these three things. And this is true, by the way, in everything. This isn't true just like in church or religion or Bible. Like, like just knowing anything Whatsoever you move through these these three phases, uh, I like to say that uh, I like to phrase them like this: the, the first is the what, and that's just the like, tell me what I need to know. What is the thing? All right, what am I learning? What is the what is the truth claim or the statement or the 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 the, the problem? Whatever the issue, what just tell me tell me what it is. And then the the second is the the so what. Okay, I got it. Now I know the what. Now what does it matter? So what. Who cares? Why is this important, right? And, 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 and the further you move along, the more, the more knowledge and understanding you have about a thing. And, and a lot of people will stop there. And then you get to the third part of the third like, phase, a level of knowledge. And it's not the what or the so what. It's the, okay, now what? Now what do I do with this? Now that I know, now that I understand, how do I respond? And, and the, again, this is true in everything. This is true in, you know, in science, in math, whatever it is. Um, my, uh, my, uh, my oldest son is in math. 
Uh, actually, all my kids are in math. At least they should be, I think. I hope they are, right? I, all our kids are in math, right? And, and, um, but he's at a point where, where like, he, it comes really easy for him. He might even be in this room right now. I don't, I don't see where you're at, but sorry if I'm embarrassing you. But, um, and, um, uh, and so, like, like, you know, he gets put into, like, the grade ahead or move up or whatever. And, like, so he's doing math that, that again, I don't know if you're in here. You know, I'm going to admit to something right now. I pretend like I know what he's talking about. <laughs> And you know, he's like using math words. I'm going, I don't, I don't remember ever. That wasn't math growing up when I was growing up. Like they, we did it different. We just added stuff and came up with a number. And, and like, and so he's like, you know, algebra and, and geometry and trigonometry and pr- all this stuff. And, and, um, and he goes, all right, dad. So we had this conversation at one point and, and he goes, how much of this am I going to use in my life? <laughs> hmm. Now. I got an option here, right? I'm a dilemma. I got a, I got a, I can tell them the truth, which we all know, right? They, they don't tell you that. Once you graduate and move on, you're like, oh man, like that was some really good secret you kept my entire career. Or, or I can be, you know, the, hey, you know, you're going to use a lot of, I don't know, man, just do it, okay? And, and I, and I chose the like, hey, some of it you'll use. So like math is good. Like, like, you know, percentages and stuff. Like, like you're going to want to know, like, like, coupons. Like, you know, <laughs> how to take 15% off of something. That's important. You're going to want to know. But, like, you know, he's going through all these, you know, tangent and cosine and, and you know, and, and Pythagorean theorem. I'm like, dude, you're not, you're not going to use it. No. Like, I, I mean, it's, maybe if you want to be an engineer, like, awesome. But, like, you know, at some point... The like, the what is the math the, for him? The so what is like, I got to test and I got to pass and I got to get a good grade. So that's why it matters. All right. But the now what? Like what, what kind of difference does it have in my life? And, and unless you're getting into a field with math, it's like, ah, it's not really, like not really. And, and, and it doesn't matter what the thing is in your life. Um, you go through this what, so what, now what? And, and that changes based on the what. And, and for some what's like, like, what we're going to be talking about today, the now what is very important. The, the now what do I do with this? Now what do I do with this has a lot, a lot of, of impact and consequences. And, and so what we're going to answer this morning, I hope at least we're going to address and look at is, did the resurrection of Jesus really happen? Now, this thing says it did, Right? We read the Bible, and there's four different gospel accounts written by four different guys, and, and all of them reference it, and they talk about it, and they spend a lot of time on it. And, and this talks about it, and writers don't talk, and, and Christians believe it. And, and as, you know, churches, we talk about it. But like, okay, did it really happen, though? How do we know? How do we know? Other, and this is, listen, this is not good enough. This answer is not good enough. Well, growing up, my mom or my grandma, they told me it did. So I just believe it. That's fine. That's fine. But you owe it to yourself to say, but did it really, did it really happen? Because you probably have friends, family, coworkers, neighbors who are asking and maybe even saying like, yeah, I understand you, you think that and say that, but like, how do you know it happened? And if your response is, I, don't, I just never questioned it, that's not good enough. You gotta, you gotta get to a point where you say, I've actually thought about this, and here's, here's why. So this morning, maybe for some of us, like, you're going to spend some time thinking about this, the, the, the what, the so what, and the now what, and, and like, really looking at, 
did this really happen? How do I know this really happened? So I hope you're excited. I hope you're ready to go through this journey with me. We're gonna be looking at uh, Matthew's account of the resurrection. It's one of four accounts in, uh, in the New Testament. And, and, and we're just gonna read through the what and we're gonna, we're gonna see what it's about and then we'll, we'll talk about it. So here we go. In Matthew 27, verse 62, it says this. The next day, now, it's, it's right before this passage is the crucifixion of Jesus. And that happens on Friday. We call it Good Friday. Uh, not because it's a good thing happened, but like that what happened is for our good. And so we, at this church, we had a Good Friday service a couple days ago on Friday. And, and it's all about what happened that day when Jesus was on the cross. So this, this happens, this passage comes right after that. It's the next day, which is now Saturday. The one day, it says, after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees, they went to Pilate. Pilate was the Roman governor. He's the guy in charge. And these are chief priests and Pharisees are the religious leaders. Sir, they said, we remember that while, while he was still alive, Jesus, that, that deceiver, that, that liar, he said, after three days, I will rise again. So listen, we've got, a, we've got a plan here, Pilate. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. After that, like, it, you know, it doesn't matter. But we got to get through these three days because he said. So they said, seal the tomb, make it secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples, Pilate, this would be terrible. They may come and steal the body and tell the people he had been raised from the dead. And if that happens... This last deception, this, this faux resurrection, this fake resurrection, this will be worse than the first one where he lied to everyone. If they really believe he rose again, it's gonna be bad news. So Pilate, he's convinced. He says this, take a guard. A guard is uh, probably 16 Roman soldiers made up a guard. So take, take this guard and, and here you go. go. He says, go make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. So they put these men in front of this tomb. They sealed the tomb. So the way it worked then uh, is different than we do now. We, uh, we typically bury people, right? I mean, not to get too like crazy and like fast forward, you know, what, this is a morbid thought. I, one day will happen to you and me. That's like, awesome. Happy Easter. <laughs> glad you're. But like the way they did it was different. And they would have a tomb and it would be, you know, a side of a rock or a cave or something. And, uh, and then they put a little groove and then they'd roll a large stone in front of it. And, and it was to do two things, to keep all of like animals and critters out and to keep all the stuff that's in there because it's a, it's a body and it's decomposing. All right, what's in there stays in there and what's not in there doesn't get to go in. And they would roll a, a very large stone in front. Now, for them, they said, that's not good enough. We need to... Makes, we need to make sure that, uh, that no one tampers with this and that we prevent a hoax. So go seal it. Here's what they would do. They would get, uh, they would get some rope, some official Roman rope, and then seal it to the sides of the stone and then have some hot wax and then it would cool and they, they put a seal on it. And this was the like, hey, do not cross this line. If you cross this, we'll know, right? It, it's almost like... Um, uh, like, uh, like uh, uh, do not cross line and like police tape when if there's a crime or something or something and they rope it off okay this is official that's official business i don't cross over there unless i have the, a reason to this acted like that nobody gets to go in here or move this because it's sealed 
Um, I, um, I, uh, I have a little experience uh, in this. <clears throat> uh, I, I don't know, um, when you were little, growing up, what you wanted to do? When I was little, I wanted to be a spy. <laughs> Pretty good, right? You don't know if I accomplished that or not, do you? <laughs> I could be one right now. You wouldn't know. And I remember, like, it, it was pre-internet days, so you, won't, you, just, you just didn't Google, like, you know, like, how to be, you know, an awesome spy. Like, you couldn't do that. So, uh, so you'd have, like, magazines or catalogs and, like, all this, like, cool toy spy gear and, like, trying to, uh, you know, figure out, like, how people did and get books about it. And I remember, uh, I don't think I ever told my parents uh, about this. Um, I, um, uh, I realized you can, you can find out if someone enters your room or not without you ever being there. Here's what you do, right? Kids, ready? This is, this is your homework. Yeah, you're going to be able to, to, you know, secure your, secure like a Roman, your room. Uh, I pull out a piece of hair, my hair, tape it to my door, like one to the door, one to the frame. Ooh, and it, you know, either really high or really low so no one can see it. And I knew if that hair's missing or if it's moved, somebody has been tampering with my sanctuary, my room. <laughs> and and, and I remember coming back, like, you know, I'd, I'd do this when I leave, just be like, all right, I'm gone for school, come home. And, and I'd, oh, still there. Oh, good. No one, I'd be like both happy, but also like a little disappointed, like, oh, it didn't work. Nobody came in. Nobody came into my room. And then I remember one day, the hair was out of the tape. <gasps> somebody, somebody has been like, uh, uh, like, like um, what's the, the three bears? Like somebody has been in my room and I remember going to my parents and being like all right who did it who went into my my room that you pay for but it's my room who did it and my mom uh, you know she just goes well honey I uh, put your dirty clothes away I did your laundry put your clothes away thank you very much I just want you to know that I know <laughs> and that's what this was this was a, a seal and if anybody tampered with it well, no, right? And we put guard out in front so nobody is getting past this. All right, story continues. Here it goes. After the Sabbath, it says this. After that day, at dawn on the first day of the week, Sunday, Easter Sunday, today, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, though, and look, this is incredible. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, this is great, rolled back the stone, and this is the, like, when you, you know, when you take the Bible seriously and, like, all right, I want to enter into it, you see, like, just how funny some of these situations are. He rolled back the stone and then just sat on it. He's just like, I'm just going to hang out and see what happens. This is an angel. He shows up, and, and in the Greek, it's probably not, like, roll away, but it's, like, literally, he, like, Misplay, like moved it, like took it, put it aside, and just, just sat on it like, this is going to be good, right? Let's just see what happens next. And so he's just hanging out, sitting on this stone. His appearance was like lightning. His clothes were as white as snow. And then it says this, the guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. You know what it's saying? They, paint, they faded, they passed out. They like, that was it. You, you've seen this and you know I, you probably you know have a kind of a morbid joy of watching this like we'll watch um, uh, like uh, funny some videos or just things on YouTube or whatever and you see people like surprise birthday parties right and they come home and you're like surprise and they're just like ha ha 
And like, down they go. And you're going, oh man, that's really funny. I, I don't ever want to be them. But like, in an instance, like that shock, just they go, wow, they're out quick. These guys were terrified and they just, all of them, just boom, 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 boom. They're all out, right? Passed out in fear, just trembling, became like dead men. And then at some point, the women show up and he says, the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. I guess I have an effect on people, right? It's like, I kind of do this. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. And then he says this, he is not here. He has risen. And I imagine this angel's probably saying it, just beaming ear to ear, just like, I'm the one who gets to say, I get, I get to bring the message. He's not here. He's risen. Just, and he says, just as he said, come. And he's like, come, come and see the place where, where he lay. Like, listen, look, go in there. He's gone. Literally, the tomb is empty. Come and see. Come and see where he was. Then it says this, then go and quickly and, t- quickly and tell his disciples, here's what you're going to tell them. He's risen from the dead. And he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. And then he says this, now I have told you, right? Let it be so, right? I have spoken. <laughs> and, and he's like, I, I, there, I did my job. My job was to let you know, I did it. You have, you have received this message now. Go, quickly. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy. There's a sense in which they're like, what is going on? What is happening? At the same time, could this be? Could this really be happening? Afraid, and yet filled with joy, and ran to tell, tell his disciples. While they're on their way, we're still not done. Suddenly, Jesus met them. And this is what he says. Like, he's like, I've been crucified. I was there. I was in three days. I came out. All this stuff has happened. He's like, all right, the first thing I'm going to say. Ready? Here we go. Ready? Greetings. He's like, hey, what's up? How are you guys doing? And they're kind of like, what? What is happening? He's like, hey, you know, shalom. And, And then it says this. When they saw him, worshiped him. It says this, greetings. Um, uh, when they, when, uh, I just lost where I was. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves for a second. <laughs> Found it. They came to him, clasped his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, this is funny because it's the same thing the angel said. Do not be afraid. I know, I know this is, this is not, this is terrifying. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. They run, afraid yet joyful. And, and Jesus saying, don't be afraid. Ready? Because I'm back. I'm back. Really, I am here. I'm back. Whew. Now, the scene's going to switch back to the soldiers because Matthew's not done with them. So we're going to get some insight now into what they did. So it says this. While the women were on their way, while they were go- going off, trying, going back to the disciples to tell them what's happening, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. Now, it, it's important to, to notice who they didn't go to. They didn't go to Pilate, who, the one who actually like, sent them. That's their actual boss. They, they didn't go to Pilate because they know he, he could kill us. We didn't do our job. We failed. As soldiers, we, like, the, the punishment is up to death. And so 
instead of going to Pilate, let's just go to the chief priests, the religious leaders. This was kind of their idea. Let's go talk to them. Maybe they have a plan. So they go and talk to these chief priests, and it says this, when the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money. They bought them off, some hush money, telling them, you were to say, here's what you're going to say. Ready? Here, we're gonna, here's the money. Here's the story. You stick to it. His disciples came during the night and stole him away while you were asleep. And then they said, if this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him. Listen, we'll, we'll take care of it and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers, they took the money and did as they were instructed because they know if, if we don't do this, we could be killed. And then Matthew tells us, and this story has been widely circulating among the Jews to this very day. As he's writing this gospel, that's the, this is still the story that's going around. So they say, listen, just say the body was stolen. Yeah, but wasn't that like, we had all these precautions in place to prevent that. Yeah, yeah, but, but just, just, just say it didn't happen and the disciples came and they did it anyways. Okay, that's the story. Here's the money. Great, we'll do it. If, if, if people know what really happened, this could get out of hand quickly. So, final passage. This is how, now Matthew ends, is an incredible passage. It says this. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him there, they worshiped him. And this is important. But some doubted. That is actually a, a, a really important detail that we're going to talk about. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And he gives what we often refer to as the great commission, like the, the mission statement, the purpose of, of his disciples and the church, of, of our, this church, of all the churches. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, this, what we just talked about, is the what. All right, what happened? Okay, there's other details that the other gospel writers give and they kind of fill in and, and it creates this one kind of story that is like, oh, wow, this is what happened that day. But that's the what. All right, now, did this really happen? Did it happen? This says it did. People say it did. But did it happen and how can we know? There has generally been five possible explanations for the resurrection of Jesus and, and one bonus one that I'll give you. But there's, there's five. Five that, that skeptics and, and scholars and, um, and those, um, those who are critical of the Bible and miracles and will say, this isn't what happened. There are five, five options in total. The first one is this. It was a hallucination. That the people who saw Jesus didn't really see Jesus. They just hallucinated, right? It was just in their minds and they, they, they believed it, but it wasn't, it wasn't really, it wasn't really him. Now, Paul gives us some insight when he writes, and he writes, um, this is important, he writes within, within 15 years of the death of Jesus, he starts writing his letters. So this is, this is within a generation, within a lifetime of those who were there. And he says this, for I received what I pass on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was, he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, or another name for Peter, and then to the 12. And here it is. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. That was another way they said have passed away. 
Then he appeared to James, then all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also. So here's what we see from Paul. He says that, that during this time, during these 40 days that Jesus is back on earth, that he appears to at least, at one time, 500 people. Here's what this means. That it would mean that all 500 people would have to hallucinate the same thing at the same time about the same person. Now, if, if, you, if you have any experience in hallucinations, which I'm sure most of us do, <laughs> here's what you know. Hallucinations are very personal to you. You don't like share a hallucination and be like, hey, do you see what I'm saying? No. Okay, well, let, me, let me, hold on, ready? Hallucinate. And <laughs> like, 500. So I don't know how many are in this room right now. We're probably maybe close to that. We're probably right there. All of us, in a moment, hallucinating the same thing, the same guy saying the same stuff at the same moment. The likelihood of that, well, it's just simply not possible. Like, we can't replicate that. It doesn't matter what we give each other, like what kind of aid we give each other to hallucinate, that we all do it at the same time, that it, it simply doesn't happen. And so for, for this to be a hallucination over 40 days just simply doesn't make sense. And, and, and a lot of even, even skeptics will say, okay, this probably isn't the, what really happened. Option two, the disciples, they made it up. They created a myth. This is a very popular one. They, 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 uh, they created the story, spread it around, but it never, it never really happened. Except, again, we're given details. And it says this. Paul writes this. After that, the same thing. Same verse, he appeared more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time. And then he says this, most of whom are still living. You know why he writes that? This is how he cites the sources. This is the footnote. He says, listen, you don't believe me? Go talk to them. They're alive. Go talk to them. You, you want to talk to the, the firsthand accounts? You're like, you want to talk to the witnesses who saw it, who experienced it, who, who saw them? Listen, I'll, most of them are still alive. It has not been a long time. It hasn't been hundreds of years. It's been, you know, 10, 15, maybe 20 years. Go talk to them. Ask them about it. And they'll you, you'll get overwhelming amount of firsthand eyewitnesses who say, this is what I saw. He came. He showed up. He, I, don't, I don't even know how it's possible. He showed up. For this to be a myth, it just simply doesn't make sense because it would be easy to just say, no, no, no. None of... None of us saw them. Nope, nope. They're making it up. Nope. In fact, here's the body. Here's the tomb. We'll just, fact, let's open it up and we'll, we'll show you. If we show you the body, then you know clearly he didn't raise from the dead. But none of that happened because the body really was gone. Or maybe it's this. This is, this is often a response too. Well, back then, a couple thousand years ago, they were just more gullible than we are. Did you know that? They just, they just weren't, listen, listen. I, I look around, I see a lot of, really just fine people, you know, smart and rational most of the time, I think, hopefully. And, and like, we're, you know, our society today, we are, uh, we're very advanced technologically and scientifically and, and medically, the advances. Like, like, we're just, it's a totally different world. Back then, they would have fell for it, but not us. Not us. We're better than that. We're smarter than they would be. Except the problem is when we read we read this earlier. We'll read it again. It says this. When they saw him, the disciples, they worshiped him. And then they wrote this down. But some doubted. Even these guys doubted and said, I don't know about this. They've been with him for three years. 
They've been walking with him and eating every meal with him and, and listening to everything he's saying and teaching and miracles. And like, and like everywhere he goes, every town he goes to, they're with him. And then he's arrested and they disperse and they're like, oh man, we don't want to get arrested. We don't want to die too. And then he's, he's crucified and buried. And then he, he comes back and then they're told to go to meet there. And they're probably the whole way there going, there's no way. There's no way he's going to meet us there. There's no way he's going to show up. We know what happened. We know what happened. There's no way he comes. And so when he shows up and, he, and, and he's there and he starts talking to them, some of them are like, oh, and they bow down to worship. And the others, I'm not so sure about this. And they wanted us to know because they said, even we had a hard time believing this. It wasn't that they were gullible. They were like, just like you and I, skeptical. I don't know about this. Even, even those who were with him doubted but eventually they got to a point after spending time with them and realizing this really is him they become transformed and these little this you know these simple little fishermen become the greatest evangelist the world has ever seen and and they are they live a life on fire and all of a sudden they realize that our lives have been changed and transformed by what we saw and they got to a point where all of them were killed for their faith and they said, you can kill our body, but you can't kill our faith. In the resurrected Jesus, we saw him. We saw him. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how. I don't, I don't, I don't know how it's possible, but we saw him. And we, and, and we can't deny it. We, we will not, we will, you can literally end our lives. We will not deny what we know or see about Jesus. The odds of them making that all up and then dying for it just doesn't add up it just doesn't make sense here's the third option that the disciples stole the body this was the very first conspiracy it was the one they were setting up even in the scriptures when it was happening hey they might try to do this so let's make sure we we seal it up and and so they do and then here's the here's the problem with this the the, the disciples stole the body there's, there's a problem it's a really easy problem to, to point out ready um I, I don't know how this works for you for me, I know how I sleep. And when I sleep, I have no idea what's going on around me. Right? Do you? Do you? Right? I mean, someone maybe wakes you up and you're like, what's going on? But when you're asleep, you don't know what's happening. Okay. All right. Soldiers. Ready? You say the disciples came. What time was it? Oh, it was when we were all sleeping. All right. How do you know it was them? Well, because it was them. Okay. Okay. You know, Jimmy, Roman soldier guy. Jimmy, uh, what were they wearing? I don't... Pants? Oh, oh, really? And you saw them. Well, no, I didn't see them. How do you know it was them? Well, it had to be. Okay, you really don't know. Don't worry. In fact, you, you were probably a terrible soldier if you're sleeping during it and not guarding it. And, and these, you know, these fishermen, they, they show up, they sneak past you, they unseal this tomb, they move this two-ton stone, they break the seal, they move it, and they get the body, and they sneak out, right, like, these, secretly, they're Navy SEALs, and they kind of escort their way past this Roman guard, and you heard nothing? No. It's crazy. We, you, what, you saw nothing? No, just them. You, you saw them? No. I don't know what happened. Um, sir, this doesn't add up. What you're saying doesn't add up. The disciples stole the body. I mean, here's, it's just a matter of time before they're like, okay, sorry, tap out. We, we took it, you know, sorry, we admit, we took it. I know you're about to kill us and torture us, but, uh, you know, we'd like to confess now. But they never did. 
They went to their grave saying, he resurrected it. We didn't, we didn't steal this body. It's gone. He came back to life. Here's the a fourth one. This is, this is probably one of the, the um, more popular ones among like skeptics and critics, that, that Jesus, he just fainted. He didn't actually die. It's called the swoon theory. Swoon means to faint. That Jesus on the cross, listen, listen, you guys, if, if you ever experienced this, you would pass out too. There's a lot, without getting too like intense, there's a lot of blood loss and energy. You know, he didn't have breakfast and like he, his blood sugar was low and he just passed out. And, and, and so they put him, they put him in the tomb and, and he was unconscious. But then, but then he got his strength back, his, you know, and, and, and all of a sudden he just kind of woke up and realized like, oh, I didn't die. I just passed out and he's got to like, you know, unwrap himself somehow. And, and, and then he, and then he, just one guy, who had been, you know, on the cross and tortured and, and like lost so much blood, he's going to now move this two-ton stone all by himself, all by himself from the inside. He's going to break the seal and he's going to move this thing. And then he too, he too is going to sneak past the guard without them knowing. Jesus was a ninja. <laughs> and they had no idea. They never saw him. Did you know that? This, this theory, like, again, this is, this is one of the leading theories of what happened. Something happened that day. We know something happened because other, like, works and other historians, like, non-Christian historians of the day say something happened. This guy, Jesus, really lived, and he was crucified, and then his followers say he resurrected. Okay, something happened, right? If there was no resurrection, it'd be easy to just say, well, let's just open the tomb and show you the body. But the body was gone. So something happened. And, and this is the theory that he just passed out man that that's that just it doesn't seem possible at all at all mind the fact that romans were very good at crucifixion very good at making sure like they didn't put non-dead bodies into the tomb like they made sure they they, they speared aside to make sure here's the fifth option jesus actually rose from the dead now listen if that's true if that's true, it changes everything in our world. It changes everything we know about God. It changes everything that you, you should be doing. If Jesus rose from the dead, it changes the direction of our lives. Should, at least. Because all of a sudden now, what he did is much more than just being a, a, a guy who's, who's got great sayings, who's a great teacher, who's a, uh, who loved people. And, and No, no, no. Now, it's so much more than just a rabbi. So we move to the, the so what. All right, so, so what does this all mean? This begs the question, why? Why did, this, why did this happen? All right, I know the what. Okay. Maybe I agree. Maybe I'm still wrestling with it. Maybe I, I don't like it. Maybe, I, maybe I'm, I'm still trying to figure out. But what does it mean? So what? If this is true, if what this says is, is accurate and this is how it was, and, and I'm, I'm fully convinced, and if you look at the evidence, it's like it's overwhelming that this indeed is what happened, then that means this. Jesus is who he said he was, and he meant what he said he meant. If Jesus rose from the dead, then he is who he said he is, and he, and, he, and he meant what he said he meant. And here's the deal. He said some crazy stuff. He said some 
crazy stuff that if you, you or I said, and we meant, we, if, he, if we said the stuff that he said and we meant it, and we're like, hey, listen, like if you go to your coworkers, wherever you work, and you're like, all right, guys, listen. I had a revelation. It turns out I'm God. And I've got a message for you. And this is what Jesus says in John 14. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Okay, that's wonderful. No one comes to the Father except through me. That is crazy. No one? You're the only way? Okay, that can't be right. You go to your work and say, all right, guys, turns out, it turns out. I didn't, I didn't, this isn't how I wrote it. I don't even know if I want it to be true. Turns out, if you want to get to God, it's only through me. Everyone else got it wrong. It's only through me. Now, I, I don't know about you, but uh, at that moment, it would, you, you'd probably be sent to go get, you know, your head checked a little bit, exam, like, okay, um, you know, did, did, was there certain medication you stopped taking? Like, wh- <laughs> what happened to you? Why, do you? why do you all of a sudden think you are God? Listen, listen, Jesus said this stuff. Jesus, Jesus made statements that you're just going, man, if, you, if it's true, if you're right, it changes everything. If you're wrong, you're crazy. You are crazy. And if he rose from the dead, if this happened, then it means he is who he says he is, and he meant what he said he meant. And now we get to choose how we respond. And we can choose in one of three ways. We can choose to, to reject and deny this. And, and listen, millions, billions do this. They just reject it. Right out the gate. I, nope, I, I'm, you can't convince me. I'm, uh, I don't believe it. I won't believe it. I refuse. I refuse. To, you can, you can pre, pre, preach. You can preach for, for, until, you're, until you run out of breath. I'm not going to believe it. This is, I, I, don't, I don't accept it. All right. That's an option. You have that choice. You have that choice. The choice is yours. Or there, you can, like many others, millions, billions of others that have said, I hear this and I see it and here's my response. Like, like Paul, like the disciples, we, we place our faith in him and we say, my Lord and my God. And we say, all right, I'm in, I'm in. I choose to, I choose to live my life in you and, and accept the forgiveness that you offer and, and, and the debt that you paid, my debt you paid on the cross, I'm in. I'm gonna follow you, okay, I'm in. We allow this gospel to transform us like millions, billions have in the last 2,000 years. Many of us in this room have made that choice to say, all right, I'm in. Now, if you remember, I told you there's a hidden sixth option. Here it is. And this is also another response you can give. The sixth response is this. Just avoid the issue altogether. Let's not talk about it. And listen, there are millions, billions of people who do this, who say, you know what? We can talk about anything, but not faith or God or Bible or religion. Let's just not talk about any of that. And what they want is to say, I don't want to address it at all. I just want to ignore it. I just want to avoid the issue altogether. Listen, listen. You have that option too. You do. Now, with each one of these, there are consequences, right? And simply avoiding God doesn't make him go away. It just means that whatever he's wanting from us, you are saying, I don't want to know, right? It's the, it's the typical like kid, like finger in the ear, like I can't hear you, I can't hear. Like I just don't want to know. But that doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that that he goes away. In the end, all of us will come face to face with God at some point. It, again, according to the scriptures, we're going to face him. And how you choose to respond to Jesus 
can only be decided by you. Not anyone else. It's not me. It's not you. It's not mom or grandma or neighbor or brother. It's just you. So, how do you respond? I, um, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't grow up at all going to, to church uh, as a kid or even, you know, older. Like, like I just, we, we didn't do church. And, you know, you're here on Easter. Great. You're, you're like ahead of the game. And I remember, um, I remember my first time coming to church. I, I, I started coming because a friend of mine kept inviting me, kept inviting me. Um, and I, I call it nagging evangelism because it was like, hey, you want to come to church? No, I'm busy. Okay, next week. Like, you want to come again? Like, man, I thought you would stop. And, and it seems like the only way you're going to stop is if I come. So I came. I came because it was like, hey, I'm just, my arm's twisted. And, and there might be some of us in here that are like, you're here just like I was. You're here because you're like, man, I'm just here to like quiet them. <laughs> like, because, and I remember, I remember showing up and I didn't know anything. I didn't know the Bible. I didn't know anything. And I, I remember hearing the guy talking and I remember hearing the gospel about how Jesus died on the cross for me and, and, and how he, he pays away so we can know God. And I remember hearing, I don't, know, I don't know all of this, but man, this rings true. Man, this makes sense. And God, if you're real, like I wanna know. And so I started going to church every Sunday, every Sunday, just wanting to know more, wanting to find out more. And then I started studying other religions because I'm like, I don't wanna just pick a religion. Like I wanna compare them all. Like I wanna know which one's the right one. And, and, and the more I studied, the more I'm like, man, this is, it's overwhelming the amount of evidence that, we, that they're like, they're like the Jesus of the Bible really is who he said he was. So I decided I'm going to put my faith in Jesus. And now, decades later, here I am, the guy on the stage. Like, I'm telling you, this was not the plan. My plan was to never be in front of you guys, as nice as you are. My plan was not to be some guy on a stage talking to you about Jesus. It just happened. And here I am. Because like this, it's the gospel and Jesus really does transform lives. And how you choose to respond, it's totally up to you. It's only up to you. No one else can decide for you. So I'm gonna end with two things. I'm gonna talk about what's coming up next and then I'm gonna uh, give you an opportunity to respond to, okay, so now what? So now what do I do? I understand the what. I understand the so what, the reason and the why. And the, okay, now what? The first thing is I want to, uh, you, when you came in, you probably had this on your seat or the seat next to you. Uh, uh, this is our next sermon series starting next week. And I want to challenge you, encourage you to, to, to seriously think about committing to saying, all right, maybe church is your thing. Maybe it's not your thing. Maybe it's kind of off and on. If you would do this, if you would say, I'll commit to coming to the next six weeks, as many as I can, to the next six weeks. I'm not saying next six years or even, you know, six months. All right, I could do this. For the next month and a half, let's go to church. And here's what we're going to be talking about. It's a series called Criticizing Christianity, in which we're saying, hey, criticize this, this. Let's criticize ourselves because we don't want to just say it's true because we say it's true. We want to know, like, really, we've, we've, there are good reasons to believe in Jesus. So here's what we're going to be talking about. The Bible just isn't reliable. Next week, we're going to look at that. All right, is that true? That's a, that's a critique of of Christianity. We're going to look at, there can't be only one way to God. That's so narrow-minded. Okay, let's talk about it. Science has disproved Christianity. Okay, has it? Let's talk about it. How can a good God allow suffering? How can he? Let's talk about it. 
Christians are just so judgmental. Yes, you are. Let's talk about it. I say you, but I mean, I mean me too. And then the last week, I can be a good person without religion. Yeah, that's true too. Let's talk about it. So for the next six weeks, it, whether these are your questions or maybe you know someone who's asked some of these questions, you can invite them and bring them with you. Um, I, as a church, we're saying, let's look and let's talk about our faith and why we believe this and how we respond, why it all matters. Now, would you do this? Would you, uh, we're gonna worship here together and, and uh, I'm gonna pray for us and we're gonna worship. So would you do this? Would you stand with me as we get ready to, to, to worship uh, the Lord this last time on, on this Easter Sunday. But I want to do this. I want to give you an opportunity to respond to the now what. All right, now what do I do? I imagine that there's a number of us that are saying, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready. Maybe it's been a long road. Maybe you're just here and you're like, I'm ready to jump in. I'm ready to put my faith in Jesus. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. My response, my response is, I want Jesus to change me and I, I'm in. Whatever... I, I, I want I want I want all God has to offer I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond right now where we're at so would you do this let's pray so will you bow your heads and, and just um, so we get ready to, to pray to the Lord so wherever you are no one's looking it's just between you and the Lord just privately um, quietly you can you can make this commitment right now with him we do it just by praying just by talking just by praying to the Lord you could do it just silently where you are I'll even help guide you through it if you're saying like I want in I want to place my faith in Jesus I want in I want to do it I want to be a follower like his early disciples and the, all these followers for thousands of years alright I'm in you can pray where you are something just like this God I admit that I am sinful I admit I'm not perfect I'm nowhere near perfect. And I believe Jesus died on the cross to pay for my debt, to forgive me of my sin. And right now, I commit my life to you, to growing in faith, to understanding more about you, and I ask that you would come into my life and transform me. Make me to the person you want me to be. Lord, I thank you for those of us here, for all of us, and for those who are making commitments and deciding, God, we know that, that you celebrate, that angels in heaven celebrate when that happens. And so I pray for all of us that this Easter season, we would be reminded you really did you really did resurrect from the dead and that changes everything help us help us to faithfully live out the lives you've called us to we love you Lord and we thank you this Easter Sunday we pray this in Jesus name